Hi, this is Dr. Steve Vargo, and this is episode number four of Can I Ask You One Question, where we find experts in some particular area, uh, maybe people with some kind of unique insights, and we try to learn one thing from them that we can apply to our professional or our personal lives. And I have with me here today, Dr. Ryan Gustus, and Ryan is a 2011 graduate of the IU School of Optometry. And he completed a residency in ocular disease at the Fort Wayne VA hospital in 2012. He's an independent practice owner and he owns one practice soon to be two, which he, we were just talking about. And the main reason I invited Ryan, because he is a co-founder of a company called LensQuote and LensQuote is a software platform built for practice owners to help drive more in-office contact lens sales. So Hey, Ryan. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. I'm it also is, in my 100-year-old barn currently. You're 110 so. to be specific, yeah, I think you said. So, yeah, you definitely are the first one. If your goal was to be the first one to do this from a 110-year-old barn, that's all you. That yep. is all you. I like so. that accord then. <laughs> so, Ryan, it will come as no surprise to you and probably not much of a surprise to anyone who listens to this that it's become not impossible, but increasingly challenging to generate revenues off the sale of contact lenses. Independents are competing with entities that in many cases can offer cheaper prices and also in many cases, more convenient delivery. So my question to you, Dr. Ryan Gustus, is based on what you've learned and observed building a model designed to increase in-office contact lens sales, what strategies have you found to be most effective in keeping more sales in-house? Yeah, I think to go to, to first go a little bit, you know, in the clouds a little bit, I think one of the things that, that we're, we're all set up this way as doctors, right? We go to school, we learn how to be doctors, we, we learn how to educate our patients, and we take that same approach to uh, staff and sales. We're not put through business school. We're not put through you know, learning what best practices are in sales. And so it's, it's tricky. And so then you, you uh, get into it that now you're a business owner, a lot of your you know, uh, viewers are, um, that uh, you're taking that same approach and it's not giving that same results that maybe you get with the patient from a, a medical uh, conversation point of view. And so uh, you, you then start to feel kind of trapped. And so that's where, when it comes to uh, strategies or, you know, tactics, if you will, to increase uh, your annual supply sales, you need to kind of forget some of what you know about from the, the doctor perspective and think more like how other businesses think, like when it comes to pricing and, and uh, uh, visual presentations and how uh, patients want to, or, you know, we'll turn them into consumers at this point, you know, how they want to be communicated with when it comes to money transacting and making a purchase. So it's kind of, I know it's kind of high up, but then, you know, I can, I can go into more uh, tactics as well. Yeah. So in the, you've mentioned something before, and we've talked about this, just to give you an example, like building visuals into it and, and taking the complexity out of it. And I know that's something that, that you've had to figure out in, in your own practice as well, and, and partly with your platform. 
that's an interesting discussion to me because I yeah. think sometimes the the complexity can drive some of the uncertainty that causes people to hit pause on a purchase. So yep. how do you take that that complexity out of it and make it a a, a simpler a, a, a simple decision or an easier well, decision, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. And and actually you hit the nail on the head. So part of it is simplicity. And so uh, one thing I want to give like a like a rah-rah to all the doctors and my colleagues out there is that we always feel like the patient maybe doesn't want to buy from us, or sometimes that's the case, or it feels like if they do, you've won, you've convinced them to do something. And when, when you have that mindset or approach, then they kind of feel that too. But the reality is they come into your office uh, wanting to buy from you. It's, it's part of that uh, customer journey. They chose you, they like you. Uh, basically, all the, those social constructs say, in the end, they want to buy from you. So if they aren't, it's more or less they're confused, they're uh, um, not sure about something. There's something that has tripped them up. And I think uh, one of those is, you know, talking to the patient a lot about, you know, all the value of, of buying on the spot, all uh, doing a lot of talking and verbals without presentation. It actually comes down to uh, how we think and interpret. So think of yourself like with the used car salesman that's always talking and talking and everyone's talking. Well, the more you're talked to, the more you feel like someone's trying to convince you of something. Mm-hmm. So then as soon as you feel that that's the case, you go into defensive mode and then uh, try to find a way to make your decision easier. So then that's the, well, whatever my insurance covers, or I guess I'll take six months for now, because if you look at buying six months at a time, that's something that happens a lot of offices. That's the most expensive, complicated way to buy, right? You know, they, Mm -hmm. they spend the most that way. They don't get the rebate. They don't get the, the same level of service from you. So it really on the surface doesn't make sense unless you think about what are they really trying to do? They're trying to simplify their decisions. So one way to do that is visual, like all visual pricing breakdowns, giving them options of some kind. Usually that's a six month compared to a year because a year is always a better value. So it shifts that conversation from total overall spent to total overall saved. That's another strategy. How long should that conversation take? At the end, because I agree with you, there's a there's there's a less is more component to patient education, and sometimes the more we talk, the more it does sound like we're trying to get somebody else to do something that's that that matters more to us, and it shouldn't in in many cases shouldn't take that long to make a clear and compelling case to do something. How long should that conversation take? much seconds. And to your point, think of it this way, the longer your, you or your staff are tasked to talk about something they're not necessarily comfortable with, because a lot of times who we hire isn't, I mean, they didn't go through college to become salespeople. So they're not pure experts at this. And it's a very hard thing to be an expert at. So the more you talk, the more nonverbal cues, the more uh, body language that comes out that says, well, I'm not sure what I'm telling you. So more chance to backtrack. But mm-hmm. that's where really second. So if it's a visual, it's self-confirming, right? They don't need to ask you another question. You can just look and see what it is. Um, and then highlighting maybe like one, two max positives to buying from you at the time. So, hey, we take your insurance. That's a pain point to have to try to figure that out if you're buying online or uh, we'll just direct ship this to your house. So you're meeting that new uh, standard uh, where everything is shipped to your house for free. Hey, we'll just ship this to your house. Some kind of value add that says uh, we'll take care of you beyond the sale without going through seven, you know, point slide about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you factor in things like if, if you do offer any kind of a discount on an annual supply or, mm-hmm. 
any kind of a rebates, those sort of things. I think there's some preconceived notions that contact lenses are considerably cheaper on the internet. In some cases, maybe there's some truth to that, depending on where you go. But I, I think once you give somebody a breakdown, it starts to formulate in their minds that, well, I'm already here. It's not that much of a difference. And like you said, once you start to add on those value adds, it becomes easier to make that decision. I think there's also a component too that's less tangible, but it's just how much do they like you and trust you and want to do business with you? I think that's still, it sounds a little cliche, but I I still think people want to do business with people they like and trust. And I'm that way. And I'll, even if I am thinking that I could get something a little bit cheaper somewhere else. I think we've all been in that position where we've looked at somebody and said, I want to do business with you. I'm already here. I like you. I want to do business. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, take, take advantage of the fact, I mean, this is why there's so much marketing spend on trying to find a way to get to our patients before they get to us, because uh, that, that valuable relationship actually has a, a dollar value to it. And again, that, that, says as much. I mean, there's studies that say people spend up to 20% more than your competitor just to uh, buy from you. And so to that end, it's not that you want to take advantage of that, but just understand that's how much people would actually like to buy from you. You just need to to find a way to, to usually uh, simplify your decision process. And then once you do, it's it's happy. And another thing that we, we tend to get into, we tend to think they're looking for bottom price. Like I can get it for $50 a box here, a box here, but really people kind of usually go into a situation of like, you know, I need to be under probably $300 today, something like that in their mind. And so if you've kind of hit that number, whether you're 220 or 280, it's an easy decision. It's, oh, I'm done with this. You know, I don't have to think there's a pain to having to revisit and think this again. It's just so long as you're, you know, I'm very big proponent on direct shipping to the house. So it's, it's, you've matched that service level. I'm a proponent of doing the discount annual supply uh, as long as you uh, have your price up accordingly. Um, those are all uh, uh, tangible things that, that patients truly value and it helps make their decision easier. Yeah. One last question. And I, I call this segment, can I ask you one question, but I give myself the liberty of asking these yeah. sub questions. Um, where are we at with subscription models? How popular is that getting? Is that, what, what is your take on, on that form of, of selling contact lenses? Yeah. You know, that's a really, that's a very good question. I don't think that I have a, um, what's the word, the, the latest data on that. It was something that a, a couple of years ago was kind of the growing segment started with like Harry's razors. And then it became the subscriptionification of everything. And um, what I would say to that is it's a small, it's a very small piece. Um, people do like the flexibility of spending, like um, say a, like a pay-as-you-go, maybe I get my contacts all now, but then pay a, a smaller amount over the next three or four months. And that's what services like Sunbit, which is great, and they have an actual footprint in optometry. Um, the, uh, a firm is who just went public, uh, though, if you saw their S1, it's like 35% of their business comes from Peloton. <laughs> so <Really? laughs> it's interesting. So I think that element exists, but I don't think in the end, people actually want to spread out that interaction that much over time. Kind of like you don't, I mean, does anyone like getting their cable bill every month? No, mm-hmm. not really. Yeah. Um, sure. Taking, I don't really want to spend $1,200 on my cable all up front in one purchase, but I also don't necessarily like seeing that bill every month. So I think you'll see 
flexibility and payment structure as something that picks up some steam, but that the actual receiving it slowly over time versus just having it all at once. So if something happens, you have it on hand, uh, there's more value to that. And more people will still, still stay in that camp. Thank you, Brian. Uh, great stuff. And uh, thanks for jumping on. Keep up the great work with Lens Quote. And you said you were going to give me a, a, a tour of your 110-year-old barn. So we'll jump off here and uh, I'll take you up on that tour. So right. thanks a lot, Ryan. Thank you very much, Steve. Take care.